What's up? Welcome to episode 19 of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I'm Kofi Outlaw here with my co-host, Matt Mueller, a.k.a. Geek Culture's uh, Desus and Marrow. Hey! Yeah! yeah. You like well, that, I right? I like that. Wow. You got yeah. that reference. And today we're here with uh, <laughs> then he snuck somebody who's uh, ruining this whole uh, association I just made. <laughs> Producer Jim Viscardi is back in front of the camera with us today. Hello, hello, hello. And today we have quite a bit to get to. We are going to burn through a bunch of news items that have dropped over the weekend and leading up till now uh, since we last talked to you guys. We're also going to get deep into some new comics that are out this week. And of course, as the title says, we are going to be talking about a brand new Avengers Endgame trailer. The best one yet. Best one. And like with everything with this film, we have more questions than (laughs) answers the more we actually see of it. We got some answers. Yeah, we got a few. Yeah, and then they spark more questions. That's what we'll get to. So let's get into it. Before we do, we'll do our full plug at the end. But if you are liking Comic Book Nation, make sure to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. Or you can find new episodes every week on the site. We post them every Wednesday or Friday. So talking to our news flash this week first things we're gonna be all over the place i mean yeah, we cover a, pretty, a lot of yeah, yeah we do widespread things here at comicbook.com we are a total geek culture service site and uh today we're gonna be going all over the full game like the full run of it so we're gonna start with a little bit of anime news and we are gonna be talking about a movie that has been in development limbo longer than i've been in this business which is <laughs> a decade now and that's the uh hollywood adaptation of akira the famous uh, anime movie that basically kind of, for a lot of Westerners in America, was probably one of the biggest milestones in pushing anime on these shores. And we've been hearing about a movie possibly coming together. I remember I was excited about one with the Hughes brothers almost did it. Mm -hmm. Uh, The guys who did like From Hell and uh, Book of Eli. So it's been through a lot of hands. But right now we're hearing that it's gotten a tax credit to start filming in California. And Taika Waititi, uh, the director of Thor Ragnarok, will be helming it with Leonardo DiCaprio as a producer. So so weird. Yeah, it's a weird weird combination, right? But like... But you had me a Taika. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) Taika's name is like gold right now. And I think he has a shot of doing it. I just don't know if it's going to be like the serious, dramatic Akira we might be hoping for. Taika has a way of kind of turning things on their head. So I'd be interested to see how this is. I mean, I think my guts are still in knots about this because Akira is a major milestone for me as a, I mean, I remember that I was into that movie back when anime was called Japanimation over here. (laughs) And yeah, I'm still nervous about Hollywood ever touching this one. But if I'm going to give somebody the benefit of the doubt, it's probably going to be like somebody like Taika Waititi right now. Now, I know some people when Ragnarok came out were like, it's a great movie, but it's not like it's not what I wanted from like those Thor. two storylines or from Thor. Yeah. Are you going to if he if he puts that kind of spin, he likes to put inject humor. Oh, I would think, you be disappointed? But I think there's a there's a bit that like Taika the world of Thor Ragnarok was not wholly envisioned by Taika. Right? Like there's creative teams that sort of go yeah. go into that and 
set designers and all that jazz. And he's not necessarily going to have that team, right? And so, like, I think Taika's vision for this, and, and to be totally honest, I will, I am not convinced that this movie is actually happening until cameras <laughs> start rolling. Um, this is one of those things where it feels like a pipe dream, and it was like, if we can get the tax credit, maybe we'll do it, but we're not sure if we're going to do it. Um, but anyway, like, I think Taika will, will approach this in a way that I don't think he wants to he's done a bunch of interviews that he seems like a genuine fan of this stuff. And I can't imagine he would want to do something so completely off the wall that, uh, would, because there's a, there's a kind of a stink on live action anime adaptations. And, you know, I think Taika is a, a person who, who could do it that maybe breaks the curse in a way, but well, I mean, the curse is, this is a very longer explanation than I was really prepared for. I mean, <laughs> Happens to me bringing the is this the but, uh, Duke Forever? Of no, I mean, movies? Battle Angel has changed thing. Battle Angel's making money. Um, right yeah. now, we don't know anything yet, except that it seems like this is moving forward. I'm nervous. I'm sure a lot of anime fans are nervous. But that's all I'm going to probably invest in right now. <laughs> so we're going to move on and talk about something that is even more upsetting than the possibility of a Kira movie, which is that Arrow is losing one of its, you know, pillar members of the show. Emily Bett Rickards, who plays Felicity Smoke, has announced she's leaving after this season, which is surprising because the show was coming back for one more season. And you would think, like, they're just going to stick it she's out and have character. it. Yeah, and she's a key character, but apparently not. She's moving on. And, she's like, nah, I'm out of here. Yeah, and it suggests that something drastic is going to happen by the end of this season with Felicity, whether she dies or moves on or decides to do something else. We don't know. Um, it's oh, kind it's of interesting because they're running this... Star City, they're running these parallel storylines in the present and then in the future with her daughter and Oliver's son, you know, kind of uniting for a mission and she's involved in it. So I'm kind of really interested to see where that leaves Arrow as a show because we already have her character in these future segments and it kind of leading into this, into the things that are building in the present day and how they wrap that all up and then come back for a run next season without her is going to be really interesting to see. I feel like it definitely lays a huge hole in that cast. Like, how do you, like she's a, yeah, she's that a role part. Yeah. I mean, it just, I guess, depends on what happens to her and how, and like what path it sends Oliver Queen down for, you know, this final run and how this all comes up in DC's crisis or the Arrowverse yeah. crisis crossover um, that will, you know, seemingly take Oliver Queen out of the picture and end Arrow we don't know, but if you've been a fan of Arrow or the Arrowverse, I mean, this is, to borrow an anime phrase, this is in many ways our best girl, and she kind of stepped down. She's been entertaining on the show, not the uh, Olicity, infamous Olicity relationship, <laughs> but just her as a character, I mean, who started off kind of as a side character who grew into something much more, um, and just even off screen on social media and stuff like that. She's been very entertaining. Which, again, I mean, even, even her announcement was kind of a surprise out of nowhere in the middle of a Saturday afternoon. And it was also just unlike any other I'm leaving announcement <laughs> yeah. ever. Yeah. It was like, like she just starts off with this random poem. And it's yeah. just, I didn't know what I was reading halfway through. And then it was like, oh, I'm leaving, by the way. I'm like, oh, all right. I need to call a crisis counselor? No, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was just two words. It was like hashtag Rickard's out. Like, you know. All right. Then. So... Yeah, but she's gone, so it's really coming to an end, folks. Uh, this Arrow thing is slowly coming apart and coming to its end. 
The Arrowverse will never be the same. But hey, we got Batgirl or Batwoman coming, so you know, fine. They're replacements. <laughs> so moving right along, let's now that we've gone from D, we've gone from anime to DC. Now we're gonna hop over to horror, and you can find all of these wonderful channels on comicbook.com for any of your genre needs. Let's talk about some things that happened in horror the past week. We got a new trailer for Annabelle Comes Home, the uh, third installment of the Annabelle franchise, which has actually turned uh -huh. out to be Here good. Because, I mean, the first one, The Conjuring films, I really enjoyed. The first Annabelle, I was looking forward to because I love that creepy little doll, but it was kind of weak. And then, <laughs> love out of, against all odds, you know, it's ironic that Shazam is coming up down the pipeline and about to hit theaters because that director, David F. Sandberg, kind of mm -hmm. cut his teeth um, after doing his own independent horror film that he turned from a short into a full length called Lights Out, which was very good. He did. He stepped into his first big genre or studio film with... Uh, Annabelle Creation, mm -hmm. the sequel, which is actually a prequel to the prequel, oh, if man. you want to follow all that. <laughs> but it turned out to be one of the kind of better and scarier films I've seen in a while. Um, I really kind of hold that dear in my theatrical viewing experience. So I'm kind of excited for this third one. Uh, I forget the director's name. Probably should have done that research before we sat down, but it's not Sandberg again. It's some other guy. And uh, this one is basically is kind of night at the museum with demonic creatures, basically. But it's um, back at the Warren. Yeah, it's at the Warren's ah. house from The Conjuring, <laughs> bringing it all back around where they keep their little room of demonically possessed items. Uh, and it's their daughter in some other kind idiot. of teen some friend. Idiot. Idiot. Idiot teen stuff. <laughs> it's like, don't go in this one room because... Vet your it, kid's yeah. friends, man. That's yeah. bad parenting. And one <laughs> kid's friend. And, you know, I mean, you can't. Every every little teenage, preteen, or teen Moral. girl has this friend. Um, I can tell you stories, you know, from real life right now. I had someone who stole my Gambit trading card out of my room. That was, That's that close me. to setting loose a bunch of demonic creatures. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I think they're close. very close. But uh, yeah, so these idiot kids go in there. They set out loose Annabelle, who sets loose everything. And it's a big demon party at the Warren's house. And uh, that looks pretty hairy. So I'm excited for that. And I'm kind of digging that. It's one of the few fran horror franchises that I like really enjoy. Yeah, somehow we've all got really verse. invested into this Conjuring verse. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so crazy that this is... The Conjuring is a movie that has spun out like not only it's it sequels but a, you know side sequels and its own mini universe like it's it, yeah and now we have adding, like they sneaking things in there now the curse of la llorona <laughs> is coming yeah. out and that's also part and of then it and there's a third conjuring coming yeah that's, third conjuring uh, coming out like with the warrens yeah so watch out mcu it's a good Woo. time to be a conjuring fan um so yeah annabelle looking scary as ever and now it's just gonna be a whole bunch of demons and that's a cool easy premise to get behind um but man some teens better get killed some the dumb ones better die no that just, just I think this one's rated R, if I believe correctly it's rated R. I don't know. We'll look it up while we talk. But uh, the other big thing we got is, you know, we have this Child's Play remake coming out. Mm. And I don't think it looks that interesting. Nobody is really, I mean, the buzz hasn't I been. I mean, I wasn't until this news came out. Yes. And now, wait, wait a, I can always count on you to blow the reveal <laughs> right before we're about to say something. <laughs> This is what happens when you take the per producer <laughs> and put them on the couch. Um, but yes, as producer Jim Viscardi just alluded to, <laughs> there is a game changer that makes us now care about this new child's play, which is that the voice of this new Chucky will be Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill. Uh, yeah, of Star Wars fame, but more importantly for this case, of Batman the Animated Series Joker fame. Mm -hmm. So Chucky's going to have one creepy-ass voice, and I am there for it. And just hearing what, I mean, I want to know, I mean, I'm interested, let me just say this. 
I'm interested if they let Hamill kind of play around with it, ad lib, do his own thing, and mm-hmm. kind of add some lines. I'm here for that. Because uh, I think it's better than anything that's going to come out of this child's play script. Mm. <laughs> so, can I just get an audio drama? Like, I just want him to voice the character in that. I don't yeah. actually well, want to see the movie. Like, the him only radio ca- show? Yeah, the only concern I've got movie. about this, and I, I think it was something uh, only Chris Killian made, well, about this specific thing. <laughs> I think it was something that Chris Killian mentioned in uh, one of the get-ups recently was, um, I, I hope that this is just not the Joker in a tiny doll's body um, that he like creates a voice that feels a bit unique and distinct and not. Just I'm sure he will. Hamill's kind of one of those actors that he's not just going to probably recycle a Joker voice. He's going to make his own Chucky voice. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to hear what that is um, because uh, what's his name? Is it Brad Dourif? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The original Chucky. I mean, he's a great creepy voice actor and he really made that. I mean, he made that character and he has owned it. From like the 80s, 90s till now. I think he's involved in the TV yes. series. Oh, yes. Right? I mean, we're getting too complicated here, but like, yes. Aside from this remake, there is a TV series <laughs> that kind of continues the, and that's Chucky. That is yeah, Chucky. Because they've just rebranded that whole thing as Chucky. And now the original creators, after uh, Cult of Chucky, which hit Netflix a couple years back, um, yeah, they're having their own TV series, which I think is coming to like sci-fi or something. So. I forget where it's coming, but uh, yeah. So he'll still be involved. So if you like the classic, that's still out there. But uh, we're I'm now more interested, meaning interested at all, to see this new remake. Like, I especially if this trick. one makes any bit of money, that means like maybe Mark's gonna have to do it again. Oh man, yeah, he'd be. You I do mean, know how those actors hate working. <laughs> tackle on another franchise. I just want to see the next trailer so I can hear him talk. Yeah, that's the same, only yeah. thing I'm looking forward to because that yep. other trailer was yeah. trash. Ooh. And that's about all we care about. <laughs> that. So moving right along to horror, but on the small screen, The Walking Dead wrapped up uh, season nine this past week. And oh, did it? Yeah. <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> I know you know because we're not paying for that after the head show right now. We still have a couple months to recoup that budget. But uh, uh, that's not that's not throwing shade. I love after the dead. I was about to Sick. say we're not going to go too much into the finale because Brandon Davis and Janelle Wheeler do an excellent job for our show after the dead, our yep. recap show. So you can go watch the latest episodes of that and how they wrap up the season and all the things they see they tease for season ten. Um, but I will say that. I mean, yeah, I am professional. <laughs> At least when the camera's on. Um, but. We will say uh, we got to talk about the fact that the ratings have come back and The Walking Dead has scored its lowest finale ratings yet with about 5 million viewers. And uh, more importantly, like a kind of low rating of 1.9 in the 18 to 49 demographic, which is the the hot stuff for for genre, for kind of geek culture genre stuff. Um, But at the same time, like, are we that surprised? This was the year Rick Grimes left. The show's kind of establishing its new footing. I mean, it's kind of a statistical prediction that with the major star leaving, you're going to lose a certain portion of your audience. And it's not quite an event thing. And also, the penultimate episode of season nine was the real kind of headline buzz generator with people getting their heads mm-hmm. on pikes. Yeah. Now this I- was kind of a boring... Epilogue. Snow piercer light, like, <laughs> we're gonna, or the Revenant, whatever you want to compare it to. Like, we're hiking through the snow. And it wasn't, I mean... The return, I mean, the, just the buzz back was that this wasn't a very exciting finale, right? Now it's not so, all bad news, though. No, I, I think, and this is why I brought it up, because I think there's this kind of, this has been fun one of the dichotomy seasons. happening right now is that people like us are seeing this and like, I know there's a kind of a cult 
following growing that's like, wow, The Walking Dead feels really revitalized, really exciting, and it's interesting to watch again in some ways, more so than we've had in like many seasons. And we've discussed this over and over again internally here. It's like yeah. you took away the main character. You kind of open in just a reliance on having to constantly be centered around Rick and Carl and that whole thing. And like, Carl, Carl, Carl. So you take that away and like you open it up. And now it's a much more interesting, unpredictable kind of story where you can go in many different directions. Even though some actors are obviously safe, it still mm -hmm. feels like no character is necessarily safe because no character is the cornerstone character anymore. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of like it. I think both Fear and the main Walking Dead show have taken, maybe we'll see if it's too late, but kind of taken some important turns in like the last year. And I'm liking it, but... Like I'm a lapsed time. fan. And this is really like these last, like seeing all the positive response, these last, like this last second half of the season has gotten. I'm kind of like, do I want to maybe start watching concurrently next next season and that's you know? a good thing like you can yeah. take you can pick up after rick leaves and start season 9b and it's like just coming into i mean you literally are coming into a different show because yeah. it's a six-year time jump and also yeah. this is not how we just a quick aside because i know we gotta move well but i don't i don't know about you guys but there are like two shows that i watch live well that's what i was gonna say the it'll be really interesting to see what the live plus three ratings come in at and see if streaming and on-demand numbers boost that up. Because evidently like, they've grown a lot. A ton of, uh, won't be a ton, but like shows like Agents of Shield are live and die by those L three yeah. those L three numbers. And um, I don't watch live TV anymore unless I have to. Like it's no, just like there's, I there's very few. I mean, we don't even call it live TV. I mean, there's like either event TV, yeah. or DVR TV, mm -hmm. like, and that's how we do it. I mean, that's just the modern thing. And yeah, Walking Dead has kind of recaptured some of that event TV status this season with the with the Rick thing leaving, with the kind of whole reveal of this uh, penultimate episode with the kills and all that stuff. Yeah. So it's still kind of hanging on to that. But um, yeah, I mean, there are shows that would kill for these ratings. Yeah. So. Five million doesn't sound bad when you isolate it. It's <laughs> only when you compare it to the 18, 18. million that yeah. like, then you go, oh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> this is also a show protein's 10th season. So like I said, there's a statistical amount of yeah. wear and tear that you got to calculate for yeah. in all these. But uh, we're still loving The Walking Dead. So we hope if you guys fell off because you didn't have faith in it, maybe in the off season or Netflix or whatever you can, you catch up. And we'll see what happens in season 10, because now I'm interested in season 10 and to see how this new kind of cast of characters takes on this new army of villains, the Whispers, and what all goes down with that. Whisperers. All right, moving right along. <laughs> so stay tuned, because uh, when we come back, Matt is going to tell us what's hot on comic book shelves this week. And we are going to break down all the crazy things in this latest Avengers Endgame trailer. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, so Matt, 
It's your time to shine, buddy. All right. What's so, going on in comics, and what should we be on the lookout for this week? So there's a lot of interesting books this week. Uh, if you are a Marvel fan, uh, War of the Realms, number one, is the kind of giant one. They've been building up to it for a couple months now. Uh, Sounds like some realms are going to war. Prepare. I mean, this one especially. All ten of them. If you, yep, if you oh, like, man. if you are a Thor fan or have even cared remotely about kind of the Thor mythos of I've the last few years. I've been wondering what's been having a evil little deer. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, the first page alone it like tests every amount of like pronunciation skill I had it was like it was all throughout every realm I'm like I can't even pronounce it uh but it's really interesting there's a lot of crazy stuff so I will say at this point uh we're gonna label this a spoiler yep discussion because uh so if you have not read it yet comic spoilers turn away pause come back because one of the most interesting things in this book is Loki uh, which, <laughs> okay, <laughs> so I don't know if you remember, no. there was a thing in, uh, let's God. just pretend I don't know what's going on. Okay. So what was it? Ultimatum that that moment reminded me of? Yes. Okay. Cause it when yeah, when the blob. Yes. Yeah. So the blob bit essentially a person, a hero in half. Right. So in was this, it, wasn't it wasp? It was wasp. Yeah. So in this book, thanks Jeff Loeb, <laughs> which I thought they would never touch because of the reaction it got. Uh-huh. Oh no! <laughs> in this book, a frost giant literally sticks Loki in his mouth and crunches him. Not just a frost giant, Lawfrey yes, is dad. <laughs> I mean, that's some Greek tragedy stuff right there. <laughs> just Titans just, often ate their and children. you see his legs dangling. Oh gosh, like that was brutal, man. But it's Loki, so really anything. Yeah, he's not. He's probably not dead. Uh, but <laughs> but in any case, it makes an impression. Uh, we also get the first part of the book. Uh, Odin gets like sinister stabbed by like six crazy evil children. It's like something out of a James Wan horror pick. <laughs> it's kind of creepy. Uh, the thing is, though, it brings all the war to Earth. So you get to see like all these street level heroes. You see Spider-Man, you see Daredevil, you see people like that showing up and fighting alongside what's left of the Asgardians against like Malekith and all these uh, different rulers of the different realms, right? It kind of happens way, like it's an oversized book, but it feels like it happened way too fast. That first act, there was so much happening. Like I actually had to go back through and go like, okay, where did this character, and like Ghost Rider just pops up out of nowhere (laughs) and he's just in the panel and he's like, man, I just got here. Like they even go out of their way to explain. (laughs) Like there's no context. But honestly, I really dug it. I was was prepared not to like it because this is one of those events. You look at the back of the book. Mm -hmm. Like here, 65 tie-in issues. Yeah, here's nine things you got to take care of in April alone. And I'm like, (laughs) oh Jesus. But it's getting off to a really interesting start. I really dug it. Like I dug it as a as a book. So you love that Russell Dodderman art. Oh, uh, uh, So that's the big one this week. Uh, also, if you're a DC fan, uh, the Green Lantern number six. Why do you hate on? Don't get good, sucked down. Just keep going. Books. Just keep going. We gotta get through Grant a lot. Morrison and Liam Sharp. And oh my God. So uh, if you're a okay. So this is a like kind of a deep cut. Uh, and I'm I'm hoping I'm pronouncing this correctly. I think it's Merwin. I think I think is how you say it. So Morrison does one of his like Morrison things and like pulls out a deep cut of this magician that like he hasn't been in rebirth. He hasn't been used anywhere for like so long. And he just picks him out and he's going to like do something crazy with him. This book is weird, but like in the best way, if, if you're like a Green Lantern fan, it even manages to like uh, bring in Adam Strange into like something that makes sense and mm-hmm. is not just this, you know, esoteric space stuff. Like, it's, <laughs> it's good. Like it's really good. Uh, so if 
you are a Green Lantern fan, unlike Jim, you should give this book a shot. It's only on issue six, so you can catch up. Hmm. Uh, it's only on issue six, but it's also a Grant Morrison book, so it's going to take you two years. Okay, that's that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, next is actually, uh, so I think I'm in the minority that is liking this. Uh, it is the Terminus arc, which is running through Teen Titans and Deathstroke. It is a weird uh, pairing, but like if you hate Damian Wayne, you're probably not going to like this series. I tend to kind of love the curmudgeon that he is, and he's essentially been keeping villains down in his basement chained, <laughs> <laughs> chained that up. That sounds like a Damien thing. Uh, you know. Yeah, right? So yeah. he's been he's made his own little prison, and he hadn't told anybody about it except for one other person. So he puts Deathstroke in this, and in this weird sort of way, Deathstroke kind of starts to become his mentor because he kind of sees a it's little like bit of Like a Hannibal Lecter type deal? It's like he breaks out, but he's still over the voice comm like, you should do this. <laughs> You should you should totally do this. Shut up the land screaming, Damien. It's, it's got that kind of that kind of weird feel to it. So it's I've really enjoyed it. You gotta sell me. That sounds interesting. I yeah. kinda wanna read that. It's kinda weird. Uh we also have uh Jim's best friend. Oh. <laughs> Rob Liefeld. <laughs> brought a uh, which is this is I love a, the story a, a behind this. I love the story behind this, by the way. So Major X is a character from literally he created in nineteen ninety two that was like a a sh like he just shelved the pitch mm -hmm. and never brought it up like he was like oh, i'm good they're going in a different direction whatever and then now he gets to do it which yep. is kind of pimp right that's kind of cool that he gets to pull out of the drawer all these years later uh essentially if you like all the like the liefeld verse i'll call it right so like deadpool cable he loves wolverines wolverines in there domino like it, those like a like a Bad A looking Wolverine. Yeah, too. his Wolverine's good. So, like, all of this is combined into the story of, like, who is Major X? Major X has this crazy backstories, like, from the existence and this whole pocket thing. It's, it's very, like, he goes kind of epic with it, but then brings it back. It's all these street level characters, essentially. It feels like it a fun, like a good X Men event. Yeah, but it's pretty self contained. Mm -hmm. So, you don't, unlike War of the <laughs> Realms, you don't have to go buy 15 issues. Like, so the right. first issue comes out this week. But yeah, I'm wondering about this one. Yeah, yeah. But, it, but it takes place in main continuity. And, and quite honestly, like I said, like Rob's a good friend of mine, but this is probably some of his best work. And I'm actually really excited to see he's got, you know, um, Brett Peoples and Will Sportacio doing the filler issues. And I haven't seen Will's interior stuff in a while. And I'm I'm like, excited to see it. Like so. stuff. Yeah, it's been a while. When you get to see that it. Name. Um, just a couple quick bits. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man number 18 is the next chapter in Hunted, uh, which is the Craven storyline, which is actually... I just caught up on this. It's actually really right? fun. It's fun. Yeah. It, it took a very different... Like, because they built it up in the epilogue. Yeah. And so I thought it was going to be kind of this more moody thing kind of like some of Craven's bigger stories, but it's not. It's very not lighthearted is the wrong term. But it's it's different than what I would have, you know, killing people on a <laughs> on a big field and stuff is not lighthearted. But it, it has a different feel than I thought. So I've been really enjoying the series. Kind of like Hunger Games with a little bit of um Ender's game in it yeah. in a way. Where like the premise is basically like what is it? It's arcade, right? It's it's arcade who's yeah. working with them. Right. And essentially it's the it really is hunger, guys. It's the best way to and put it. And they're selling like like VR murder bots for you to like basically put on a helmet and go and they're running kill some a, heroes a, and villains. Craven is essentially this dude who has started this ring of, hey, come and hunt right. these villains. 
and do it yourself. Don't buy all these henchmen and have to do it for you. Like, right. just come do it, and we'll set everything up for you. Right. And then Black Suit Spider-Man gets thrown in yeah. for the mix. Uh, also, Marvel team-up uh, is uh, Miss Marvel and Spidey, which I always shout out Miss Marvel and Spidey, because that's <laughs> an awesome combo. Uh, also, we were talking about earlier, so it made sense to mention here, Walking Dead number 190 is also out. So uh, I kind of stopped reading the Walking Dead books. I kind of fell off after The Whisper, like, the Whisperers yeah. yeah, so did I. So that's kind of where I stopped. I've heard, though, they've picked up. I know Brandon reads them every month. So, I mean, I've, I've heard good things that it's it's really good. So if you do want to jump in, back in, you can always do that. So. Okay. And so that's Comics This Week. Thank you, Matt. So today we will end talking about Avengers Endgame's new trailer, which is the special look <laughs> trailer or trailer three or whatever you want to call it. They call it a the special look. Which yeah, like, what is? I don't know what the hell that. I I fully expected. Basically, mean like we're gonna show you a little something this yeah. time. Yeah, I expect something, like something. one of those yeah. weird production featurettes where everyone just talks and. I mean, that's how I think people saw it at first because I sent it to like five people and they were like, "I don't have time to watch it." <laughs> yeah, and I was like, "Okay, well, this is the most epic trailer." Yeah, yet. And they were like. Oh, click. It's not know, a normal like, feature where they talk like half an hour yeah. about the armor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, you'll care about this one. So they slipped it under the radar, but we got it. <laughs> and basically, this trailer, um, we'll talk about what it shows, and then we'll talk about what we think it really is not showing and hiding. You were in full tinfoil. I, I yeah. am. <laughs> hey, man, the readers have done this to me. There, there is also a chance that by, by the time people are listening to this, they may still not have gotten through Fandango to buy their tickets. Yeah, I mean, those tickets are on sale. <laughs> But good luck right now. I don't know if we've actually been able to or not. Has there been any any movie that has taken down a major movie website to buy tickets other than this? Did Uh, Infinity War? Oh, yeah, I mean, uh, it, t- it took down Fandango for a little bit, but like, there's been, I mean, there's the AMC been, website's been down for hours. Yeah, no, I mean, there's there's always trouble getting tickets right. for major event movies, but no, I don't think anything as anticipated as this one, and nor should there be. Right. I mean, this is a real scramble. If you, I told somebody who was like, oh, I think I'm going to wait till like the second weekend, I was like, what? you are never going to last that long. <laughs> no. The entire world's going to tell you no. everything that happens in this movie. Like, I was like, Monday, Tuesday, the latest. You need to be in that theater, yeah. like, skip some work. Go see it. Just get it out of the way so you can just be in the know and have a good viewing experience. Like, because spoilers are coming. Like, I mean, the internet's just going to be filled with memes that are going to tell you the whole story. Mm-hmm. I'm sure, in fact, we might even have to do an article where we just piece together all the spoilers of the film and just memes. No direct spoilers, <laughs> just people posting vague things that tell you everything nonetheless. But anyway, so this new trailer basically sets it up. Um, I mean, all the trailers have said, you know, we got to fix this, we got to do this, but it has shown us no real conflict. This trailer fixes that because it shows us the surviving Avengers. Um, We get the big reveal that Tony and Nebula make it back to Earth. Mm -hmm. Um, They reconnect, which I had a big tinfoil hat on about. (laughs) I didn't think Tony was going to make it. I thought he was going to die in space, but (laughs) I was totally wrong. He makes it back to Earth. Um, and he starts marshalling the Avengers saying, we got to go, you know, we got to handle this. It's up to us. Like, we got to do this. And so the trailer makes it look like they all board a ship and they bring the fight to Thanos and come onto his ship to kick his ass. And then they have to kind of throw down with him and the Mad Titan. But, of course, as usual, there's more than meets the eye here. But we got some big, iconic things that we've been waiting for. Like I said, Tony comes back to Earth. He and Pepper reconnect. Um you know, the Iron Man, Captain America stands finally got a shot of their moment where Tony and <laughs> Steve... do you trust me? Oh, yeah, my God. Where Tony and Steve are basically face-to-face, and Tony says, do you trust me? And Steve says, of course I do, and they shake hands, and, like, everybody's like, squee! You know, <laughs> Civil War, we've healed the wounds! Like, you know, that big moment. 
We see Thanos for the first time. But in even the film. that moment, we have questions about. Now, of course, we're gonna get to all that. But like, yeah, we see Thanos for the first time in the film. He's got new. I mean, he's got armor, a new bladed weapon. I don't like his new armor. I mean, I never liked I his that armor. weapon. Yeah, that, that weapon cool. looks cool as hell. <laughs> like it's like a Darth Maul non-laser sword. But like, <laughs> yeah. So we see them all in this. Yeah, we're doing battle with Thanos. We see a reunion of the original trilogy from the first Avengers movie from that forest scene when they're mm. battling over Loki. Only this time it's with Thanos. And yeah, I mean, this is the most epic. Like, yeah, we're going on this epic mission to kick some butt. That score was trailer. Awesome. And the, yeah, the music is just rousing it'll get you all emotional but as usual not always seemingly what it seems in this trailer could all be fake yeah it could all be fake and i think a lot of it is fake i've been on this tinfoil hat theory <laughs> for a long time breaking down every new merchandise and trailer that suggests that no the avengers don't load up and go up to thanos's ship at least in what we're seeing in this trailer right that they plan to do something like that when tony and nebula get back because nebula knows where thanos is but that in fact Thanos warps down, and that's an important key word, warps down into Earth and ambushes them in Avengers Compound, leading to a situation where we see from the 3D trailer of the second trailer, a 3D version of it, that Hawkeye is in these tunnels underneath the base, seemingly, and sets off an explosion, which may then tie back to an explosion we saw in trailer two oh, with Ant-Man and the, the oh, base pencil. blowing yeah, up. Pencil and all and, that. Yeah, and having to kind of escape the blast. And in both trailer two and three, the Avengers doing battle with what we now know as Thanos and the Outriders, because we see the Outriders mm -hmm. both in merchandising, toy sets for this sequence, and in the tunnels in the 3D trailer with Hawkeye, that they blow the base because they're being overrun essentially, and that they then battle Thanos and do all this outside the rubble of Avengers compound. And the last shot of the trailer with him sitting there is like him, his armor looks a little damaged, he's not wearing his helmet, his sword's just kind of plunged to the ground. My theory is that they have to blow the base and sacrifice it because it's being overrun and to kind of give themselves a chance and to try to take out or hurt Thanos. And they do because he probably gets caught in the blast. And this all raises so many questions. <laughs> and so I think they, and I think there's, and I've always said this is early on in the film. This is like the end of act one, like at the end of the first hour, I think this takes place, this com Avengers compound attack when everybody's reunited and they're getting ready to do, and it's this first major twist. And then it just kicks off from there. And, I'm questioning whether they're going to battle Thanos. Like it shows us like the trilogy, the Trinity, Captain America, Thor and Iron Man are going to battle Thanos right here. But it doesn't look like Thanos is ready for like a fight or itching for one, like right at that moment. He's just kind of sitting down and we had a Builder Bear <laughs> reveal merchandise that suggests that, you know, we won't tell you the full reason why or what he says, but like the audio for the Builder Bear suggests that Thanos may not even be either in control of or in possession of the Infinity Gauntlet any longer, which, you know, is curious because there are a lot of questions about what we see in this trailer, right? Mm -hmm. Like he warps onto the battlefield, right? but it's the spaceship kind of, you know. Yeah, yeah there, there were even some folks trying to, there were some folks online saying it may even be Bifrost. Yeah, which, it looked kind of Bifrost-ish. Yeah. Like if that's a thing, I don't know how he <laughs> gets. Work. I don't know how he gets Bifrost, but yeah, that, that's fine. It's, it's some other kind stone. of form of transport. It's not the, the space stone. I mean, <laughs> right. it was a very it is not a warp. clear visual signature in Infinity War of when he uses the space stone to open a portal a and walk through. Yeah, and that's not what this is. Like he has to warp. He's using a bladed weapon. He's back in armor. Mm -hmm. Like all of these things, some like some mate to suggest that no, he doesn't have this weapon of ultimate power anymore. Or if he did, or it, it truly is working. broken. Yeah, yeah, and it's broken after the snap. So, 
Yeah, that's a major thing because that ties back to a lot of questions about is there this other threat in the universe? Who or what would it be? Is somebody else in possession of the Infinity Gauntlet now? What's that? Or does somebody eventually get possession of it mm-hmm. and get it working again? Who's not Thanos? And who would that be? And kind of what transpires? So well, it's kind of nuts because the whole other aspect of what we believe to be a major part of this movie, they have not touched on once in any of the trailers. No. And that's the time travel aspect mm-hmm. and or Quantum Realm stuff. Or have they? Because right, well, there's, right, there we go. just before we came in here, I was just getting this article <laughs> hammered out. Um, the big scene that they use, and they might, and it's brilliant misdirection if this turns out to be true, which mm-hmm. is having Cap and Tony have this reunion moment that's so heartfelt, but may also be totally not what we think it is. Mm-hmm. It looks like this is present day Captain America and Tony Stark kind of reconnecting on, and they're in a city street, right? Like, and they're having this conversation, and they're clasping hands. But there's people theorizing that Cap has been digitally altered in this shot to cover up the fact that this is actually Captain America from the Battle of New York. Mm -hmm. And that this scene is kind of a back to the future moment, uh, back to the future two rather, where Tony Stark comes back to the Battle of New York and and him saying to this version of Cap, like, do you trust me? And him being like, of course I do. Is because this is the Cap who never went through Age of Ultron Mm -hmm. or Civil War, all these things that caused him and Tony to have this big break. And he's basically coming there and trying to convince Cap and these other Avengers to do something to alter the timeline. So right. that because don't they? They don't. They don't give away. Well, they kind of give away the Tesseract. They give it back to Thor, and Thor goes back, takes it back up to yeah uh, Asgard. Asgard at the end. But this, I would imagine, would be an instance of them probably trying to get the Tesseract before it goes kind of anywhere. And then thus eliminating right. that he ever has all this damage. Yeah, as that he yeah has all the stones. It's an interesting theory. Yeah, I mean, it's the easiest one to mess with because all it did was sit in Odin's vault right. until Ragnarok. All the other ones have very complicated... Yeah, anything, uh, to mess with anything else would be to kind of... To mess with the Mind Stone means you eliminate vision. Mm-hmm. To, like, mess with three alleys... You know, everything yeah. else kind of really screws things up. But you can mess with a Tesseract... It was and just pluck it out because yeah. it was just sitting somewhere, literally. Yeah. If you pluck it out, then, like, yeah, uh, Thor, or, I mean, that first scene. And that could also bring oh, back Loki. I just had a total, like, this could be a thing where, like, let's say they do that and they keep the Tesseract, on, like, either underground or wherever, wherever the Avengers compound is. And that's why Thanos shows up because maybe he knows that that's where it is and he's come back to try and get it. Oh, yeah. Because he wouldn't have it. Like, I would imagine it would just kind of disappear off his gauntlet. Yeah. And so he won't be able to use the Space Stone. And so he's trying to come back to get the Space Stone, and that's where it is. Because they got it from time travel. And I think it's going to be something like that. There was some kind of Ooh. early on, like... Because, <laughs> I mean, Back to the Future 2 has been dropped and mentioned with this movie. It's one of before. Feige's favorite yeah. movies. Exactly. Yeah. And if you know anything about Back to the Future 2, this is what it is. They go into a future where everything's kind of screwed up, and they realize they have to go back into the past... Um, to fix something because something they brought back from the future basically screwed up mm-hmm. the timeline and it creates this dark timeline where Biff is like basically <laughs> Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah. yeah, which is great. Anyway, we won't get into all that, but like, yeah. And they have to revisit the first film and like redo mm-hmm. the first film with him coming back to the past in the first film, but then a different version of him coming back to that past to like interact on top of his original traveling back self. And Back to the Future does a great job of making it simple and fun to go mm-hmm. through all this. 
Um, but like, yeah, when you really stop to like explain what Marty McFly <laughs> is doing here, I mean, that's why that chalkboard scene is so great, right? It's just like yeah. real simple. Here's a timeline. <laughs> we made another one. Let's X this one out and make sure we get back to this one. So like, yeah. Um, yeah. So that seems like we're going to have something like that in this movie. And, and I would growing. build a bear thing too. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And that would, I mean, how it's just about the execution. When I think it comes we just to figured it travel. out guys. I mean, that's that. Those <laughs> all those pieces do. I might have to give the tinfoil some credit here. Yeah, I mean, but it, it's just about execution. So if they can yeah. do this in a way that doesn't break your brain, like something like Looper, <laughs> like yeah, this will be good. Um, and it also it, it then creates what we've been speculating about a whole new MCU timeline mm-hmm. in which, like you know, we know nothing. And I've said for a long time, I hope this movie kind of, if they don't do like a, a post credit scene to let you know the exciting things this new MCU timeline will bring, then I hope they just end it with like a flash of white knowing that it has been restored or altered in some way and mm-hmm. we have no idea. And Spider-Man Far From Home is our first Boy, clues. Mm-hmm. drove me crazy. But <laughs> it does a really good job. I hate it because I, I hate that, like just leaving it up to my imagination. However, it's so good when it's, well, it's not, done I mean, right. Eventually, I, they're going to show you all these yeah, things and how it. things are different. Well, right. well but, but that's like, also the kind of thing, too, where like this could also set up a Infinity Watch slash Illuminati type thing where certain members of, you know, certain members remember and they're the ones who are tasked to making sure that the stones don't exactly together. Again and they and can cherry that. pick along the timeline of people they want to tweak. Yeah, actors exactly. they want to replace. It, it gives them that opening to just yeah. go in and, and slightly but surely set them up for the next 10 years. Yeah, exactly. And so, Interesting. Yeah. oh man, what if they end it with like with like Cap dying, and then they change it all, and then like either Bucky or Falcon have been Cap the entire time, and that's just the new status quo. I mean, there's, that's the thing. That's why it's exciting. That's why I hope <laughs> I hope they don't kind of show you anything at first because I hope you have to learn about it in pieces. Yeah. And with each piece, and like if if Spider Man Far From Home doesn't mention anything, but just shows like, oh yeah, you know, I want to be like Captain America, and you see a poster on the wall, and it's like Bucky. Mm-hmm. Like everybody would be like, oh, oh my god! Oh, they would never would be incredible. It. They wouldn't go too deep into it because to them, that's right. That's, that's always, always known. Been. And it's us and who would be one, like, and yeah. there's one or two people though that know exactly, and would yeah. be burdened and kind of crazy by the fact that they remember, like Doctor Strange, and like Doctor Strange or, or Tony Selvig. Stark. Re- <laughs> like, yeah, Eric Selvig. <laughs> Tony Stark basically he retires. Yeah, Tony Stark retires, and his job is like protecting stones or like whatever. So. Yeah, finally, just on a kind of somber note for this, um, we learned prior to this new trailer coming that, yeah, Endgame is looking like it will most likely be Stan Lee's final, uh, definitely MCU cameo and Marvel movie cameo altogether because there's not one in X-Men. We know that for a fact for Mm -hmm. Dark Phoenix. Um, And weirdly, like, as somber as that's going to be and sad, it is very fitting. It's so fitting. Mm -hmm. It's so fitting that he made it, like, all the way to Endgame. Yeah. And then, like, there'll be a new MCU timeline, possibly, that doesn't have Stan Lee cameos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, <laughs> I mean, I think oh. that's going to be more emotional than I'm prepared for when yeah. I actually see it. Like, I'm going to come out of the mat. But I think that about Well, it was like seeing that, that tribute that they did in the, the Marvel logo for Captain Marvel. Like, that was yeah. awesome. Like, I, I went it. in oh, yeah, expecting it, it, and then it wasn't even until I saw it where I was like, oh, damn, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, but this would be, I mean, man, I feel like there's not going to be dry eyes over that one. No. Like, yeah. that's, a, that's one of those well, and especially like, Whatever he that, like, says in that scene is going to carry so much weight till the end of time, basically. Oh, yeah. Because, like, every one of those lines, most, not everyone, most of those lines have been, like, 
kind of like on the surface, on the surface, just kind of, you know, whatever, but sometimes like deep. Yeah. Yeah. I hope it's not something like, oh, I nearly peed myself or something like that. <laughs> That'd be horrible. Oh. But all right, that'll take us to the end of this episode of Comic Book Nation. As I said at the start, you can subscribe to our RSS feed when we post new articles every Wednesday and Friday on comicbook.com, or you can go to your favorite listening place, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. Sorry, Matt, still no Amazon. And Google. Music. Google Podcasts. Oh, we're on Google Podcasts? We're on Google Podcasts. Hey, man, I don't get these updates always. We're on Google (laughs) Podcasts, y'all, so you can find us there. Still no Amazon Music. Nope. If you want Amazon Music, uh, send stuff to Matt. so weird. Amazon, just get on board. Get on that podcast train. Anyway, but... We uh, that just threw me off. If you <laughs> want to, I didn't do it. If you me. want to just <laughs> catch up with us and talk with us over social media about anything in the show, you can find us on Twitter at the hashtag Comic Book Nation, or you can talk to us individually. Uh, you can find me at Kofi Outlaw. That's K O F I Outlaw. Uh, Matt Mueller, CB. Jim Viscardi. And if you like the show, please be so kind as to give us a great review on any one of those sites. And we at the end of uh, well. Every other show or so, we read some of these reviews, and you can get some comic book swag. So if you like the show, like I said, and you've been riding with us, please do just take the time and leave us a review because we appreciate it, and we will show you that appreciation back. That'll do it for us, and we'll catch you on the next episode of uh, Comic Book Nation. Everybody have a good time. See you.